In the following recordings, I shall strive to present a fully accurate and thorough accounting of the reality of Chiron's doom. My name is Nathaniel Hallowbriar II, scion of House Hallowbriar, and I'm accompanied by a scientist, one Lark Renton, and a guide who insists we refer to them only as the Wanderer. Tomorrow, we will begin our quest to understand this terrible structure in earnest. Tonight, however, I first sit in contemplation. I have eaten dinner, I have triple-checked my preparations, and ensured that my companions have done the same. This has left me with very little to do but sit here and stare at the... Tower of Flesh before me. I'm given to understand that the Doom is not actually organic in structure. Despite the catastrophic failure rate of survey expeditions, study of the exterior of the Doom has proved simple enough and I've read that it is composed of naturally forming sedimentary stone. And yet, I find my eyes tracing the bulging curves of what must be major arteries as they wind their way toward the disappearing peak of this dread tower. It stands so tall and tapers just perfectly so that from where I sit now, it's difficult to tell if there is in fact a top, a single point at which all collects or if it carries on into the sky forever eventually becoming so small and so far that my vision is unable to detect it. It is an unsettling illusion. I think I shall retire to my cot for the night. Go It Alone contains adult themes and language. Some episodes contain themes of horror. Content warnings for each episode can always be found in the episode descriptions. Today's story, Ambition, was written while playing Chiron's Doom by Nick Bate. Briar Expedition, Day 1. We are off to a less than prodigious start. I had been briefed, of course, on the uh, odd acoustical properties of the Doom, but to experience them myself was another matter entirely. I should explain, uh, from the moment one enters the Doom, the rest of the world falls utterly silent. Though the walls, floors, ceilings seem to be made of stone, they utterly refuse to propagate sound. Footsteps do not echo. Voices do not ring. Your breath and heartbeat have little to no competition for your attention. You hear each sound around you precisely once, and then never again. I personally found that this phenomenon instilled in me an intense and uncomfortable self-awareness, as well as giving the entire structure an air of death. If there were ever a place actually still as the grave, this is it. I expressed my discomfort to my companions, and could not help feeling that I was met with scorn. Renton agreed that it was quite odd, as if brushing off a child, and the wanderers simply shook their head, not even replying. The audacity, honestly. 
Our long flight here did not make us into best friends, but I thought there was some brotherhood at least. Apparently I was wrong. The first day has otherwise been uneventful. Renton collected a handful of measurements with some scientific equipment, and I took a holographic scan of some particularly interesting bits of structure, but we have yet to encounter anything of true note. Hallobriar Expedition, Day 2. The interior of the Doom is unnerving, but straightforward. There's one main pathway with several short outcroppings. My spatial intuition is thrown off in a way that makes it feel like a maze, but the maps paint a simple shape, ending in a relatively large chamber in which our camp is currently pitched. All this to say that when I awoke this morning, the last thing I expected was to find a second doorway leading away from camp. I am fully confident that yesterday there was only one tunnel leading away from this cavern. There are now two. I do not know why. It appears natural, as if it has always been there. The passage appears to slant sharply upward and curve, as if leading to another floor. There is, to my knowledge, no record of a second floor to this structure. I do not know why the doom has opened itself to us, but I will not squander this gift. We will spend the day preparing to move camp. Tomorrow, we will step into a space where no one has ever been. I will be the one to finally understand Chiron's doom. I know this now. I feel it in my bones. Halibriar Expedition, Day 3. I have spent today in a foul mood. It has nothing to do with our exploration. That is proceeding quite well. The ramp we discovered spirals up a short distance before opening upon a cavern quite similar to the spot we first made camp. There are several tunnels leading deeper into the doom from this location, so we shall set up here until we have mapped our new territory thoroughly. No, uh, my sourness comes from a message on my terminal that I found upon awakening this morning. I'll spare you a complete reading as it goes on for some length, but uh, in summary... It comes from my father's personal assistant, not his own hand, I'm sure. It states that if I will not call off the expedition, they will simply send someone to fetch me, as if I were a schoolchild who followed home a friend instead of returning in time for dinner. I have tried to keep my patience with this man. He has been against this expedition since the moment it was conceived. I believe his assessment upon meeting Renton was that he was, uh, quote, an insane quack with a death wish and the determination to bring our family down with him. Obviously, I have not shared his evaluation with Renton, as I consider him an essential part of this mission. I'm additionally distressed by the thought that this message would not have been sent before Father first consulted with Papa. I suspected they were united against me in this, but Papa was too kind to say so to my face. Well, now I know. I will not let them take me from this place before I am ready to leave. Uh, first off, how could they? The planet Chiron's orbit is so erratic that it regularly transfers between star systems. Leading scientists have called it so peculiar as to defy natural explanation. I never would have found my way here without the Wanderer's help, and it took me six months of searching for a guide to find them. Logistics aside, however, I will not let them take me from the Doom before I have learned all there is to learn. 
It has opened itself to me. I will not squander that. To our knowledge, no one has ever before set foot in the space where I now sit and talk. Not, I suppose, since the time of the Doom's creation. We are the first. No amount of admonishment from my family will prevent me from securing my legacy. Hello, Briar Expedition, Day 4. The Doom's invitation to explore appears to come with some conditions that I had not anticipated. I noticed throughout the day yesterday that some of our supplies seemed to be misplaced. I assumed that they had simply been stored incorrectly in the move and would reveal themselves to me in time. And then, this morning, I awoke to a yelp from Renton. When I opened my eyes, I immediately understood his distress. My tent was gone. So was my portable dresser, instrument rack, kettle, recycler, everything. The entire camp. The three of us and the cots we slept on were spared. There was, I'll admit, a moment of panic. Waking up in a strange cave with no food or water to hand will do that, I suppose. The Wanderer, rather more calm than myself or Renton, suggested that our camp must still be somewhere, and I, after a few deep breaths, agreed. We briefly wondered if everything had uh, migrated further into the caves, but thought it better to backtrack first. After all, the ship has some emergency supplies on board still, and could sustain us for a journey back home if necessary. Luckily, uh, or... Well, yes, yes, I'll go with luckily. We discovered what seemed to be all of our missing equipment in a heap outside the entrance to the Doom. We discussed bringing everything back to the first floor camp location, but uh, frankly, we're tired of relocating. I have no way to ensure that this won't happen again if we do. So, the current state of things. Day four of exploration has been spent reconstructing camp back where we started, and then performing a complete inventory. All is accounted for, including the two ration bars we initially marked as missing. Renton has apologized and promised to record his midnight snacking from now on. We have also established new operating procedures. We will begin with day trips into the Doom, progressing immediately to the second floor. We will carry packs with equipment and three days of supplies at all times while in the Doom. If we discover the trips longer than a day are necessary, we will pack for three more days than we intend to be gone. Packs, clothes, etc. will remain on us at all times while in the Doom, including while sleeping. The Doom has invited us in. Until we find the passage to the second floor sealed, we will assume that invitation stands. We will discover the rules that our host imposes, and then we will follow them. And in the end, we shall know Chiron's Doom. Hallowbriar Expedition. Day 5. I never sent a response to the message from my parents. I suppose I thought I was calling their bluff. That was my mistake. I underestimated them. It won't happen again. Two standard days after I received the message, almost to the minute, a ship landed next to our camp. I do not know if things would be different if we had moved inside again. I suspect not, but I do not know. 
A man emerged. He did not tell us his name. But the ship is registered to one Haverford Barnes. He claimed to have been sent by my parents with instructions to ensure my return home. His tone and the gun strapped to his hip did not broker argument. I said that would be fine. I would leave, discuss the matter at home, and then rejoin the group. Mr. Barnes said that it wasn't any of his business what I did after going with him, and instructed us to begin tearing down camp. That was when things began to... escalate. Renton told him that packing wouldn't be necessary, as two of us would be staying behind. Mr. Barnes told him that he could sit and, uh... pleasure himself wherever he pleased, that the Patriarch's hallow briar also called for a return of family expenses, or failing that, the equipment they had financed. Well, Ren didn't like that one bit, said that his contract with me assured him adequate access to scientific equipment. I was inclined to agree, but the two men were already moving toward each other. Voices were raised, tensions were high, a weapon was drawn. I met Lark Renton less than a year ago. He was an egotist, selfish to the core, and obsessed with discovering the secrets of Chiron's doom. He refused to discuss the details of what he was searching for, but if my glimpses of his notes are anything to go by, I believe he was searching for the secret of eternal life, a pursuit that would have had him blacklisted by every respectable scientific foundation in the galaxy. He was a bastard. He also told the best campfire stories out of the three of us. His bones will rest in the ground beside Chiron's doom until they turn to dust. He will be missed. Haverford Barnes will also be buried here, a suitable distance away from everything else. If he will be missed... It will not be by the Wanderer or myself. Perhaps I should not discuss the circumstances of his death. It is, uh, unsavory. But I feel I must. I, I cannot hold them myself. I saw what was going to happen to Renton. It was obvious, and I did not feel that he should die alone, undefended. So I I reached into a nearby toolbox and found a wrench. A large one. I had never dreamed that I could do such violence to another person. But Mr. Barnes was distracted and after the first swing cracked his skull, there was no resistance to the killing blows. Perhaps this makes me a murderer. I'm not sure. I do not think it is for me to decide. The Wanderer has not spoken to me since the incident. Perhaps they've passed judgment. After burying the bodies, I spent two hours tearing apart my ship. 
Barnes could not have found Chiron unaided. And I knew there was nothing foul in camp after our last inventory. I found the beacon in an engine compartment among the coolant pipes. I broke it into a thousand pieces and dropped them into the recycler one at a time. I am tired. I think I shall go to sleep. Hallowbriar Expedition, Day 6. The Wanderer is gone. They never joined me for breakfast this morning. I thought at first they were sulking. Then I realized that the flaps to their tent were hanging open. On closer inspection, the seal had been torn. Their cot was covered in blood, half dry by then. The graves have both been disturbed. I think they're empty. There is no record of Fauna on Chiron. I am trying not to let my imagination run away with me. This is, as you might imagine, proving difficult. sunsets here are beautiful. The doom sits atop a plateau that overlooks a badlands that stretches as far as you can see. Dusty peach, coral, cream. Cliffs and crags and canyons. The sky, uh, pale yellow during the day, lights up a brilliant blue-green as the sun reaches the horizon. I'll sit here until it is dark, I think. Then I will pack. Not to return home. I cannot simply leave after the events of yesterday. I will pack for a week. Ten days of supplies. Survival gear. Sleeping mat. Holographic scanner. Since we discovered the second floor of the Doom, I've felt a certainty that it will continue up. I will climb this spire. Each floor should be smaller than the last. I will discover the peak. The heart. And I will not leave until I do. Hallowbriar Expedition Day 7 The first day of my solo expedition has been a complete success. I believe I have completely mapped both the second and third floors of the Doom. The second, like the first, appears generally unremarkable aside from the fact of its existence. But the third... (laughs) the third... I believe I have discovered a living quarters. It's 
It's unprecedented. No one has ever recorded a part of the doom that suggests use by living beings. The entry halls are so simple as to be useless for anything but passing through. Here, though, there are rooms, proper rooms with doorways and common spaces, and then smaller rooms attached to those spaces. Uh, these smaller rooms strike me as sleeping spaces, with uh, two nooks carved out of each wall. They'd be relatively comfortably sized for a grown human to lay in, which suggests that the makers may have had a physiology similar to our own. Hell, they might even be our ancestors, or, or perhaps an offshoot, yes, 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 a branch of humanity that built this place eons ago and then abandoned it. I, I, I don't know why, but now I know this, and, and this alone could cement my legacy. A full holographic scan of the sleeping quarters of Chiron's doom. It'd be one of the greatest anthropological discoveries in my lifetime. Renton... Renton would not forgive me, though. Not if I turn back now. So I won't. Not yet. I will reach the peak. Hallibriar Expedition Day 8 My family seems to have decided that a lack of communication from Mr. Barnes qualified as reason to escalate rather than surrender. I was unable to hear or see their arrival from inside these muted stone walls, but I've received another message from them. In effect, father, papa, and a small army of thugs, presumably equal in character and caliber to Mr. Barnes, await me outside the doom. I should have known that putting down their first man and destroying the beacon wouldn't be enough. I've responded to the message this time. No sense in all of them dying without warning. I told them that this place is not safe, that if they insist on staying, they should remain inside their vessels as much as possible. I have eight more days of supplies, twelve if I stretch. I've told them not to wait longer than two weeks. If I've exited the doom by then, they can take me away. If not, well, the way I wish my body to be handled in death will likely be out of their hands, but I've requested a live string quartet for the remembrance ceremony. They were fools to come here. <sighs> I suppose we likely all were. Uh, did you know they used to call this place Chiron's Spire? Much less ominous name, given before it took dozens of exploration and survey teams. And now it's the Doom. What else could anyone expect from it? You know, I haven't seen any evidence of past exploration since arriving here. It took me a few days to notice the lack. No tracks, no scratches, excavation, or sample sites. No trash, no waste, no graffiti. We might as well have been the first three humans to have ever entered Chiron's doom. I've been littering on purpose. Obvious places. Ration wrappers, piss, whatever. I'll be curious to see if any of it remains on my descent. I'm starting to feel curious about whether I'll descend at all. Hallibriar Expedition. Um, I, I don't know if it's technically the eighth night or 
ninth morning of the expedition. I'm not sure it matters anymore. I can't sleep. So I'm going to sit here and talk instead. I've been thinking about these rooms. I know I called them bedrooms, but I'm on the ninth floor now, and uh, there's nothing else. The only spaces I find that signify a specific use are these tiny rooms with the wall nooks. There are no bathrooms, no kitchens, no large gathering spaces. Nothing that suggests people spent time here, lived here. I have to wonder if I'm not exploring a catacomb. And if I am, why are all of the sepulchers empty? I've been seeing things, hallucinations, figures from the corner of my eye, darting around turns. I'm lonely, and it's dark. Hallucinations are natural in these conditions. There's one in particular that uh, distresses me more than the rest. I've been seeing it since I entered the doom alone. Well, really, I've seen it every time I've slept since shortly before then. By the time I was done, part of Barnes's head was missing. A meaningful part. I see it in my dreams. And worse, I see it at the end of these dark hallways, slipping away just as the beam of my light catches it. There is no way for a human being to survive with that much of their cranial matter exposed. That much of it missing. If there's any consolation in this, that Renton came here with me to seek eternal life. I just hope there is enough of him left to enjoy having found it.
nine. I don't know if anyone will ever hear this, but if you were listening, take my advice immediately. Leave this place. Find the largest explosive you can. Come back and remove this planet from the star charts. Good. Well done. Thank you. Now, for as long as I have left, I'll tell you what has happened. One of them came for me in their early hours. The Wanderer, I think. Their throat was gone, along with their jaw. Otherwise, they looked fine. Not like a day's old corpse. They wouldn't have heard a fly before. This morning, they ripped chunks of my flesh from my body with their fingernails. I cannot see out of my right eye. I am not confident I still have a nose, but I am not particularly interested in checking. I've been sleeping with a gun in my hand just in case I woke up to discover that the uh, that the apparitions were real. That's the only reason I'm alive enough to record this now. A couple of holes through their torso got them off of me. A few more in the head stopped most of the writhing. I meant to move out of the room, leave before they could get back up, but as I staggered toward the doorway, the bullet hole from a stray shot caught my attention. I know why they made the walls soundproof. There is blood running from the wall, pooling on the floor. It comes in spurts, matching the pulse that runs through the walls of this place. The doom is alive, and I do not know how or why, but it insists that those around it and in it be alive as well. If you followed my instructions, then the mystery will remain unsolved. And if not, well, 
suppose I'll see you soon. Today's story, Ambition, was written while playing Chiron's Doom by Nick Bate. You can find this game and his other work at ickbat, that's I-C-K-B-A-T, dot itch, dot I-O. You can follow him on Twitter at ickbat. Goat Alone is written, recorded, and produced by Ari Ingalls. You can find them on Twitter at Ari underscore Ingalls. You can find the show on Twitter at GoatAlonePod. You can support the show and get access to play journals for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash goatalone. Chisteling. You can find more of his music on YouTube at Alexei Chisteling. Thanks for listening. <laughs>